or our family didn't have family vacations. We didn't go to the beach in the summertime. You know, we, we, we wrestle. You know, I don't think I did anything that no one can do or else I wouldn't have done it. It's almost like I was more excited for him to win than, 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 I, than I cared about me winning. You know, that was when I really, truly understood that you can't get on that podium without being a well-rounded wrestler. There's no reason to sleep in. You know, I, I don't, uh, you know, I think sleeping in is a little bit of being lazy. Wrestling is just like one big puzzle. There's like a counterattack to every attack that the opponent has, and it's just fun trying to, like, figure everything out. No, I think you had some uh, pretty good questions, pretty in-depth. Only fault was it I thought I could pin everybody, you know. So going into the semifinals, I didn't really have a game plan. I was like super, super, super intense. All I cared about was wrestling. You know, that's what I love to do. I want to stand. Out. I want to. I want to get in your face. I want to beat you up. For 17 years, it was like it was what I was training for, you know. And this is potentially my last tournament. It's like this is it. It's like eight mile. Like you only get one shot. I felt like he took what was mine, you know, and um, I was trying to take what was his, so just kind of how things go. Welcome to the D1CW Sudden History EIWA Preview Podcast, also known as Episode 27 of the Sudden History Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Earl Smith. Last week's episode, the ACC Preview Podcast, was the first of its kind from Sudden History, and it seemed to get a great response from you guys, the fans. Well, there's more where that came from, a lot more. This week we're moving on to the EIWA, the largest conference in the country. Rather than make a gigantic two-and-a-half-hour podcast, I decided to split it up into two parts. Today's episode will feature three interviews from coaches from non-Ivy League schools. In fact, all three of the schools, Bucknell, Army West Point, and Lehigh, are members of the Patriot League for sports other than wrestling. Next week will feature the Ivy League schools. Today's show will feature, in order... Bucknell head coach Dan Wernsberger, Army West Point head coach Kevin Ward, and Lehigh associate head coach John Hughes. Our first guest on the Sudden History EIWA preview podcast is the head coach of the Bucknell Bison. Let's welcome Dan Wernsberger. Hey, how are you? It's good to be on. Good, good to have you on. Coach, if you could start with a weight-by-weight breakdown of who could be competing for spots in the Bucknell lineup for 2016-17. You don't need to get into who's beating who if you don't want to, but just a general idea of who's going to be competing for each weight class. Sure, absolutely. Um, I think we've got a pretty uh, balanced team, first off, so excited about that. This is the most depth that we've had. Um, in our 10 previous uh, seasons of of varsity competition since uh, the reinstatement of the varsity program here. So really, really excited for the season, the guys that we have, the culture on the team, and the depth. This will be our largest roster since I've been here. We'll have 34 guys on our roster to start the season. So it gives us a tremendous amount of depth, which makes the practice room more competitive. And anytime you have uh, the practice room competitive, the development process happens a little quicker when guys are – are uh, competing every day and fighting for a spot. Um, you know, 125, we lost one of our best guys that uh, has graduated here in program history in Paul Petroff, and we're going to replace that uh, that spot, that uh, weight class there, with most likely a true freshman. You know, uh, we have Zach Firestone from the state of New Jersey, a New Jersey state champion undefeated last year, and, uh, you know, we're looking at him to 
make that weight class and, and be a possible starter there, as well as the other option would be a, a guy named Joey Gold uh, from Bethlehem Catholic, who's a true freshman as well, uh, AAA Pennsylvania state champion, 132 pounds a year ago, and he'll be competing for that weight class. Um, and then we have, we have some depth there with two other guys, a returning um, uh, sophomore, uh, returning guy Mike Macklin, and then another true freshman and Jordan Gessner. Jordy Gessner is a as a Pennsylvania double A fourth place state finisher and uh, he's a local guy right from Lewisburg High School. So we have a we have good depth at the weight, um, but we're very young at the weight. So it's gonna be a matter of who steps up and who wants to take charge of that weight class. Hundred and thirty three pounds. We again have some good young talent there and some depth. Our returning starter from last year, Grimaldi Gonzalez, has been sidelined with a shoulder injury. Not sure of his status as, uh, as far as when he would return, but he's a senior that has experience for us. Um, other options at that weight is a guy named Ben Bliss, who's going to be a sophomore whose spot started for us last year at 25 slash 133 pounds. Um, and then we got a couple other guys that could possibly be fighting for that weight class as well. And that could be either one of those guys, Firestone or Gold, um, you know, depending on which one makes 25 or becomes the starter at 25. So we have some options there at 25 and 33. We're just going to be young at that weight, at those weight classes. Um, but plenty of talent, and it's just, like I said, it's going to be a matter of uh, development with those guys. 141 pounds. We have a returning um, two-time uh, national qualifier for us in Tyler Smith. He's a junior Tremendous talent, Pennsylvania State champion, and we're just looking for him to take that next step and get himself on that podium or at the top of that podium um, at 141 pounds. So we like our guy there, Tyler Smith. 149 pound is Victor Lopez. Victor Lopez is a senior for us. Uh, he's uh, He was at the national tournament a year ago for us, returning national qualifier. Uh, he was 2-2 two and two at nationals, a couple matches away from being on the podium. Um, great competitor. We're looking for a, a big year from him you know, to be competing for a national title. Um, so good experience at 41 and 49, 157. we got a guy named, we'll have a handful of guys fighting for that spot, but our returning starter is Zach Kelly. He's a sophomore um, and uh, got in the lineup last year at the second half of the season. Very, very talented young man, a guy that's placed very high in Fargo a couple of years ago as, as far as being third there. So we're just looking him to, to take a step and uh, be ready to uh, move to the next level of Division One competition. And good experience for him last year, and we're ready for him to rise to the occasion this year and get himself to the national tournament and, and be able to compete to put himself on that podium. Got another handful of guys that will be competing um, for that spot as well. Um, so um, then we go on to 165. We've got another returning um, starter in there as far as D.J. Hollingshead was our guy at that weight for part of the time last year. He's another sophomore that had a stellar, you know, prep career um, from Altoona High School where he was a Pennsylvania State runner-up. Um, and DJ is just uh, like Zach Kelly. We're looking for those guys where we've made an investment to be the guy at that in the lineup uh, and be the guy that competes not only just to get to the national tournament, but that, that competes to get on the podium there. So we're looking for that process to happen. 174 pounds. We got Nick Stephanie, who's a sophomore, another Pennsylvania runner-up from a couple years ago. Uh, he's a young guy. He was in and out of our lineup last year. He's replacing Rustin Barrick, who was our starter last year, who made it to the national tournament. So uh, we're looking Nick to take that step. Or a true freshman and Garrett Hoffman. Uh, Garrett Hoffman is uh, a Pennsylvania State runner-up from a year ago. He's looking to make the descent to 174 pounds and to get himself in the lineup, and uh, he's ready for 
Division One competition. Uh, 184 pounds. We got another really experienced guy, a junior, Tom Slay, returning NCAA qualifier for us. He, again, he went two and two at nationals, similar to Victor Lopez, was a couple matches away uh, from All American status. So we're looking for him to compete to be a national champ at that weight. Um, um, also. Um, so those are that's the guy at 184 pounds. At 197, we got a returner in Tyler Green. Tyler Green um, placed at EIWA's for us last year. He is a senior, and there's a guy that brings a wealth of experience, uh, a lot of uh, tremendous work ethic, leadership to the program. And uh, again, he's a guy that, you know, I know his goal is to get to NCAA's, and then once he gets to NCAA's, he obviously wants to be an All-American, has a goal uh, set there to to compete and uh, put himself in the best place possible once he gets there. And uh, heavyweight is, uh, is an open weight class for us right now. It's going to be a, um, a number of guys. It could be a, you know, one of those guys that doesn't make the lineup at 97, um, you know, whether it's Rory Bonner from New Jersey who can get as high as 220, 225, um, you know, possibly Tyler Green if he doesn't make the lineup at 97 because the other option we got is a, gen- a young man named Drew Phipps is a true freshman for us. Pennsylvania State runner-up in AAA a year ago at, at 195, and uh, it's just a matter of how quickly he makes the transition to college wrestling and and develop. So, like our team, we have a we have a balance. We got some experience, but we got a lot of young guys with a lot of talent. So, looking forward to what this season brings. We'll see once we get on the mat and and once we get into competition. So, looking back at your team last year, you lose two mainstays of the program with your 125-pounder Paul Petrov, heavyweight Joe Stolfi. They combined to uh, qualify seven times for nationals and made four EIWA finals. How are you going to replace those guys from a leadership and experience standpoint? Well, those guys are tough to tough to replace when you got bookends like that and just what they did for the program as far as where they finished up their careers and you know stayed healthy for the most part, except for Joe, always at the end of the year seemed to get banged up. But it's, it's really hard to replace those guys. You know, you're just looking for the next guy to step up and, and be the best version of themselves, you know, and, and hopefully it's one of those young guys that we talked about at 125 pounds. We're looking for him to be the next guy that takes it to another level at that weight class for Bucknell and uh, at heavyweight. Um, you know, we're going to need a guy that's going to step in there in a role and play a role this year for our team. You know, I think, you know, we've recruited a, a, a you know, heavyweight or two that we'll have be coming in the following year. But for right now, we got to, we got to fill that void. And Stolfi's a guy that's just, just, Impossible to replace when you look at his stats. He had, you know, 100 and whatever it was, 19 or 120 career wins, you know, ranks third in Bucknell history. But then 68, more than half of those were by pin. How do you replace that? You don't. He just found a way to get guys on their back and found a way to pin guys. So we're just grateful for what those guys brought to the program and, and, uh, you know, how they've elevated the name of Bucknell and and putting our – putting our name on the national scene more and just showed consistency in the EIWA with us taking a trophy home for the last two years in a row at the EIWA tournament where we're always preseason pick seven, eight, or nine, and we always seem to, you know, step forward and perform our best at the end of the year. And, and that's all we do is just want to focus on what we can control, and that's day, the day-in, day-out process of improving individually, which improves our team, and then hopefully have our best result by the end of the season. So the past four years, your team has trended upwards in regards to NCAA qualifiers, going from one to two to four, then six last season. That tied a mark set in 2009 for the highest since the program was relaunched. I assume you have to be optimistic about the program's future with uh, you know that trend you have going. Sure, absolutely, man. I just love the consistency that our program is starting to show. Um, we are making a name for ourselves. We are we are being consistent. 
and, uh, you know, qualifying school records, six guys for NCAAs. It, it sets the bar for the rest of these guys and just the expectation when they come here, it's not to just be a part of something. It's to be great at something and, and to build a, a special tradition here and be a part of wanting to leave a significant legacy behind. And that's what we talk about on a daily basis as far as what kind of legacy these individuals want to leave, what kind of legacy their class, graduating class, wants to leave. And, you know, we hope that it's, it's getting things done on every every end of the spectrum here from academics, athletics, and their social life. You know, this is balance and personal responsibility become a big deal at a place like Bucknell um, where it's, uh, you know, the academic rigor of this place is significant and uh, it's an elite academic education. So these guys are tested. They're tested and they're challenged on all fronts. And uh, Division One wrestling's uh, not an easy thing. So we just want to keep building on the momentum that we have. And there's a commitment to our sport here at Bucknell from our benefactor, Bill Graham, to the administration here. We just moved into a $12 million wrestling-specific training center. Our benefactor, Mr. Graham, gave $7.5 million to this $12 million building. It's a two-story building. And um, we're on the second floor with over 18, uh, close to 19,000 square feet of wrestling space strength and conditioning, coaches suite, coaches locker room, training room with cold tub, hot tub, state-of-the-art locker room, team lounge area, team kitchen area. So it's a, it's a special place. It's a special time to be a part of Bucknell Wrestling and just the momentum that we have with consistent, with our retention being very good, our finish being very good um, uh, the last uh, few years, and uh, just the overall commitment to being in a brand-new wrestling training center. So, um, you know, hopefully that's going to help us get more kids, you know, uh, maybe better kids coming out of high school that are looking at this place that might not look at it. But, uh, you know, when you when you got uh, a program like this and a school like this in central Pennsylvania that's producing, you know, athletically, and you get the best of both worlds, you know, academics and athletics, but then there's an expectation. You know, there's an expectation that comes along with that. It's not like, hey, I'm glad wrestling's there. Good luck. Have fun. Here's here's an investment. You know, it's, it's it's uh, you know they want some return on their investment and and that and it should be that way. So there's an expectation of the coaching staff, the coaching staff to the guys, and I know the guys expect a lot from themselves and their teammates. And you had touched on earlier. If you check out the EIWA final results from a season ago, you finished third ahead of Army West Point and Princeton, but still almost 80 points behind Lehigh for second. You know what has been done or what needs to be done in order to close close that gap and make a serious uh, challenge for Lehigh and Cornell at the top of the conference? Yeah, well, that's that, that's our goal. That's our next step. I think we've proven over the last couple of years that we can be that consistent third-place team here for, for right now, you know, and, and challenging Cornell and Lehigh, that's, uh, it's a, that, that is a process. That's what we've spoken about. That is our next step. And how we're going to do that, we feel like we've addressed one of those needs just by moving into the state-of-the-art wrestling center. Um, I think we're going to get uh, more eyes on us, more eyes on our program, more guys looking at our program um, and that normally might not. And I think it's just we got to continue to get the level of recruit that is a high-level guy that can step in right away. I think with our program still being young in varsity status, we've only been competing varsity Division One status for 10 years. So as it, understanding it is a process, but we are getting more and more consistent in that process, and we feel like we just got to keep – you know, every day a drop in the bucket and, and, and making sure we're doing what we can control to catch Lehigh, to catch Cornell. And right now, you know, uh, we got, we're, we're placing six out of ten weight classes at EIWAs or seven out of ten weights at EIWAs. That's good enough if we're getting a lot of bonus points because we stress bonus points at those tournaments. Well, we're taking, you know, we're a top five team, and, we're, and fortunately for us we've taken third the last two years in a row. But to be first, to be second, to track down Cornell and track down Lehigh, 
we're going to need to place, you know, we're going to be more, we're going to need to be more consistent at 10 out of 10 weight classes where we got to have, you know, our best tournament, all of us on the same weekend where we're placing a minimum of nine out of 10 guys. And uh, to compete for the title, I think you got to have 10 place winners, nine or 10 place winners with a bunch of bonus points. And you're going to be competing for a team EIWA title. You play six, six out of 10, seven out of 10, you know, you're looking more at that uh, at that third place uh, team trophy finish. So that's what we're talking about. We know we got to get more out of all of our weight classes consistently. We've addressed it. We're trying starting to address it through the recruiting process, through a facility upgrade. Um, you know, scholarships always help, and that's down the road. We're not fully funded when it comes to when it comes to athletic merit scholarship money, um, but we do the best with what we have, and we try to make it work to fit our system. And we figured that out over the last handful of years as far as what fits our system the best. You know, what type of student athlete to go after and then just rolling up the sleeves going to work every day and so we know we got to get nine or ten starters to place once we get to EIWAs if we're going to track those guys down and if you could talk a little bit about your current group of freshmen I was impressed with the recruiting class you know there are quite a few kids that were maybe slightly below the radar nationally but had a lot of quality experience placing high in Pennsylvania or New Jersey well, it's good to hear that you're impressed because there's a lot of other re- wrestling media outlets that I think really dropped the ball on our uh, recruiting class because <laughs> I think it's a special special group when you're talking about the number of guys, 13 incoming freshmen um, for us, and, and, as, and how high some of these guys placed, whether it's in the New Jersey State Tournament or the Pennsylvania State Tournament. You know, you got a guy like Zach Firestone, undefeated New Jersey State champ. Joey Gold, AAA, Pennsylvania State champion. Um, Seth Hogue, Pennsylvania you know, um, the double-A fifth-place finisher, Jordan Gessner, double-A fourth-place finisher, Garrett Hoffman, double-A Pennsylvania state runner-up, Drew Phipps, triple-A um, Pennsylvania state runner-up, you know, and I can go on with some of these other guys on the list, but uh, we got some very credentialed young men that have proven themselves at the high school level, and I don't I don't know where, where some of the, the wrestling media outlets are missing it or they're just bypassing Bucknell we don't have the right logo, whatever it might be. You know, it doesn't really matter to us because what matters to us is just making sure, you know, we keep, you know, bringing home some hardware from the EIWA tournament. And eventually people recognize that because they have to recognize it. So it doesn't really matter what they see on the front end or what they don't give us on the front end as far as recognition with who we're bringing in here or what kind of facility we're building. But I think people are missing the Bucknell story out there as far as the way to build a program from scratch. I mean, we're only 10 years into varsity status here and just the things that we've done having a benefactor, having an endowment, you know, that's $4.5 million and building a $12 million wrestling training center. Uh, when other sports are, when, when other wrestling programs in the country are going the, the other direction as far as Division One, I, uh, and we're going, yeah, we're going up, we're climbing up, up the ladder as far as the commitment to the sport and the resource put into our program here. So it's, uh, um, that's fine, and, uh, you know, I'm all right with it, but I really, really am super pumped about this group of guys that we have in here, like I just spoke about, and the and the credentials that these that this freshman class brings in here. Now, obviously, you got to do something with it, and these guys got to develop and and prove themselves, and see what their work ethics like on a day in day out basis, and how they respond to adversity, and what they do when we're in the trenches together. You know, that basically defines what their college career is going to be like. But um, happy about it. Oh, the other guy, we got a local guy, Brandon Stokes from Milton. By the way, there's another Pennsylvania State place winner, fifth place State place winner in Double A. So. Just another guy to add to that uh, seven or eight other guys that I talked about that were Pennsylvania or New Jersey, uh, you know, place winners. Mm-hmm. 
Um, one guy that's been in your lineup for the past few years that kind of broke out last year was your 149-pounder, Victor Lopez. Mm-hmm. I can remember him having some good moments in previous years, but he became more consistent for you in 2016. And Actually, looking at his NCAA bracket, he upset your current volunteer assistant, Dan Neff, and All-American himself in the opening round at Nationals. You know, what does he need to do to get himself on the podium this year? Well, you know, my I, I think just being there last there's a guy that's super competitive, right? And that was his first time at Nationals. You know, he, I, I was just, you know, I was hoping he was going to be there as a freshman. He had a chance to be. He had a great freshman campaign. His sophomore year, I thought he was going to be. You know, he was four, he had a good season. Um, uh, he had he was fourth at EIWAs, and he placed ahead of two guys that the committee took that he had beaten during the year that took, you know, that one took six at EIWAs, the other didn't place, and he beat both of those guys during the year so and why he didn't he didn't go I, i'm not sure again uh, as to as to why but it just didn't work out for him i think he would have been on that podium last year if he could have had a little bit more experience by being at the ncaa tournament as a sophomore um which it just you know things happen for a reason and I, I think there's a guy that's just a lifestyle guy he's gotten better every single year here as far as maturity and being the kind of young man that you know, I love my own. I got three boys, you know, eleven, nine-year-old, and seven-year-old. And I love my three boys to grow up to be like Victor Lopez, you know. And I don't say that about everybody, but that's the kind of young man he is. That's what he brings to the table on a daily basis, as far as leadership and and living the, a healthy lifestyle, socially making great choices, and just being phenomenal as far as his work ethic and commitment to the sport. So things got to things got to happen for him. He's got to stay healthy. He's got to continue to you know, maintain a, a healthy weight um, and just get himself feeling the best he can come March. And that's what it's going to come down to. And that's, you know, our job as a staff to make sure he's ready. And it's his job to take care of himself away from the wrestling arena to make sure he's ready. So that first week and third week in March, you know, count the most. And he was really darn close last year, just had a really phenomenal tournament, um, you know, not only at EIWAs, but at the NCAA tournament just fell a little bit short. And if you could tell us a little bit about your 184-pounder, Tom Slay. Last year he finished seventh in a really tough EIWA weight class. Goes to Nationals, upsets Matt McCutcheon, the seeded wrestler from Penn State, and then got another upset over Rutgers and the Concies. Mm-hmm. And then if you you look into it, the two guys who beat him were both EIWA wrestlers who finished first and fifth in the country. Yeah, it's a loaded weight. 84 is a loaded weight. But Tom Slay, there's another guy, you know, that – Obviously, we're really, he's a junior, and, you know, Victor's a senior, and Tom Slay's another. He's just a workaholic. The guy just gets it in every area of his life. Um, things are just right. He knows what he wants. He knows what he wants to do. He knows how he wants to get it. It's just such a competitive weight class, and he just needs to get the right draw, you know, when it comes to that time of the year. That's what it comes down to at that weight class. Uh, it's such a deep weight, not just in the EWA, but nationally when you look at it. But that guy's capable of being a national champ. Things go his way. He feels great. I mean, physically, he continues to develop. He's strong as a as an ox, you know, and we just got to develop a little bit more skill set with him and and get him just engaged for that seven-plus minutes and stay in that zone. And, you know, he can compete to be a national champion. Um, but uh, it's it just – so I'm not worried about, you know, what he needs to do extra because he does all that. It's just a matter of – getting him, you know, the draw working out in his favor and uh, just being as prepared as he can be, you know, mentally and physically and healthy, healthy when you come, when you come to March. And that'll be, again, just like Victor, that's going to be our goal is to get him there. And Tom's a tremendous guy and really excited that we got him for another couple of years. 
So looking at your schedule, you guys really get after it the first month of the season, starting open weekend at Oklahoma State, then at Lehigh, followed by the Navy Classic, and a few weeks later, Las Vegas. You know, I assume this is by design getting such a high-level competition right off the bat. It is. I mean, I think it's, uh, like I said, we're a balanced team. So, you know, number one, I need my older guys to see this competition early on. It's a good measuring stick for where our team's going to be. And number two, I want those young guys, those freshmen, to see, hey, here's the best guys in the nation. You know, so when we get to EIWAs, when we get to nationals, we're not surprised by anyone we see or the level of competition. We've already prepared ourselves and given ourselves the best chance and best opportunity to see the best competition there is. I mean, Oklahoma State's, you know, preseason number one in the country or number two, depending on what you look at. And obviously, Lehigh's consistently strong and will be challenged at Cliff Keene, just getting out west, out to the west coast there and just seeing some other teams that we normally don't see. And Navy Classic is always a great test for our guys. So early on in the season, this first half of the season, it's going to be a good gauge for us to see who our guys are, who can, who, who we're going to be able to count on moving forward, how the development process is going, and how our guys are, are responding to wins and to losses, you know. And, and then just going back to, to work during the weekday and trying to correct some of those things we need to get better at and uh, just still continue to improve the good things that we do well at the same time just by repetition and, and putting in the time. So, yeah, I mean that's what we talk about. We want to, on the you know when we're recruiting guys, we want them to know we're going to challenge our guys. We're going to challenge our team. We want to wrestle some of the best you know teams and individuals in the country. So we try to put our best foot forward as far as uh, preparing our guys. Okay, coach, that's all I have for you. Is there anything else that we need to know or look out for in regards to Bucknell wrestling for 2016, 2017? No, I think we got uh, you know I just think people need to look at Bucknell wrestling. We've proven ourselves over the last couple of years and. And uh, there's a commitment to our sport here that I don't think a lot of people realize. And but you know we got to we got to do it too when it counts. I mean we can do what we can during the year and get six get school records, six guys in nationals. You know obviously we're not fully funded and take home an EIWA trophy. But then at the end of the day, you know we got to get guys on the podium at the NCAA tournament. There's some urgency about that with us. We understand we got the talent and the capability to do it, but we got to go win the toughness matches and the toughness points when you have to. And and that's what we talk about with our guys and we challenge them on a daily basis that. Just be the best version of yourself. Control what you can control, and that's your commitment and effort on a daily basis through the training process and through your classes and, and making the right choices socially. So, you know, we're looking forward to the season, and uh, and we'll be right there competitive, and we got more depth than we've ever had, and just going to matter of keeping these guys as healthy as we can. All right, a big thank you to Coach Dan Wernsberger for joining us on the Sudden History EIWA Preview Podcast. Great. Thanks a lot. Our next guest on the Sudden History EIWA Preview Podcast is the head coach for Army West Point. Let's welcome Kevin Ward. I'm here, Earl. Glad to be with you. Okay, great, Coach. Um, if you could, can you start off with a weight-by-weight breakdown of who will be competing for spots in the Army West Point lineup for 2016-17? You don't need to get into specifics of who's beating who if you don't want to, but just a general idea of uh, who's going to be competing for each weight. Yeah, sure. I mean, I could really run through our whole roster doing this. I mean, I really do expect competitive wrestle-offs at 10 weight classes. And, you know, some of those weight classes probably won't be decided until sometime into the second semester. But, um, yeah, we can start at the bottom. And uh, at 125, you know, we've got a returner who's been in the starting lineup for the past two years and has done a really good job for us, Sean Badua. Um, you know, I think you got to give the nod to the returner. He's he's starting his junior year now, looks really good in the preseason. And we have a young freshman in the room from Tennessee, Trey Shalafu, who's looked really good. We like what we see out of him in the preseason so far. So, 
expect to see those two, um, you know, battle it out for the first several months of the season, and, and somebody's going to end up separating themselves and proving that, you know, the spot belongs to them. Uh, it'll be exciting to watch. At uh, 133, uh, more competition at that weight than we had last year, which is a good thing. So uh, returning, we had Austin Harry, who, you know, really did a good job for us as a freshman last year. Tough season for him. Um, you know, not the win-loss record he wanted, but just a really tough, mature guy that's that's resilient, and, and um, he's he's done a heck of a job with a lot of improvement. So along with that, we have two guys that were freshmen last year, Connor Ziegler and Jacob Fontanez, both moving up from 125. Um, for the time being, both of them could, are certifying at 25. They could go back down, but... So we have those two, and uh, and then a freshman, Nick Noel, out of Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, and all four of those guys have looked pretty good in the preseason, so it'll be exciting to see, you know, how that shakes out as well. You know, I would say at 141, a returning national qualifier there for us, Logan Everett, um, definitely the favorite at this point of the year. Um, he's been uh, a starter his entire career here, has done a really good job um, in and out of the rankings last year, and, and just a guy that's, you know, definitely belongs in the top 20 and, and can be better on any given day. Uh, they're pushing him. We have uh, another senior, Christian Doyle. We have a freshman, Noah Hanau, um, who, who looks pretty strong. Um, we'll let them, you know, decide who's going to be the starter as the season progresses. And like I said, you probably got to give the nod to Logan um, this point in the season, being a returning national qualifier. Um, but we'll let it play out. Moving up to 149, um, it gets interesting here. So, you know, we have several young guys here that um, that we all like, and uh, and I think this is maybe the tightest race for a, tar- a starting spot on the team right now, um, given the guys that we have. Jake Adcock is a sophomore who was injured all last year, um, had a surgery last year and was out for the entire season. Um, but, man, he's taken advantage of uh, the opportunity to be healthy again and, and has trained extremely hard, getting himself ready for this year, has done a really good job with his weight management. Um, you know, he, he's going to be competitive at 149 pounds. Uh, but there's some guys there that aren't in a hurry to give that spot up, you know. Um, Matt Kelly wrestled that spot for us at the EIWA tournament last year and, and placed at the EIWAs and, we really like what we've seen out of him. Luke Wyland is is a freshman um, that we really like the improvement that he's made. You know, watching those three um, along with senior Lincoln Mallinger, who's been in and out of the starting lineup, he's done a heck of a job. He's going to be in there and be competitive. I mean, it's it's probably the the, the tightest team race that we have right now. Um, you know, for the starting spot, Mark Marchetti, who wrestled at 49 the past couple years, is moving up to 157. Um, so at 157, you know, really probably what that hinges on is what Russell Parsons decides to do. He's certified at 157. He's playing with the idea of going 65. Um, so whatever Russ decides to do, if he decides to go, um, 57, Russell is definitely the favorite at 157. Um, but, uh, if Russell decides to move up a weight, then we have several guys there that we expect can wrestle off for the spot. You know, like I said, we've got a senior, Mark Marchetti, who's had a pretty strong career. Uh, several freshmen, Nigel Ruiz, who's a couple-time placer out of California. Kel McCormick, a freshman from Indiana, has done a good job. Um, shoot, I know I'm going to forget somebody here, but um, Isaac McMillan, a freshman from North Carolina. 
Uh, a lot of that weight, like I said, depends on what Russell decides to do. And if Russell decides to move up, the weight class is wide open. We'll uh, we'll let the mm-hmm. best man the best man get the spot, and, and that'll play out for a few months. Um, looking at 165, if Russell moves up, it's him and Andrew Mendel. Uh, I think that those are the very clear two favorites. Russ is a guy that's been ranked in the top 20 in the past couple of years, and Andrew Mendel is a guy that you know was probably ranked 34th at the end of the season last year. I mean, just missed going to the national tournament mm-hmm. by a spot. He had two wins over an individual who got a wild card at the EIWA tournament last year, beat a guy twice at the tournament, and that guy got a wild card um, or an at-large selection over Andrew. You know, he just took too many losses earlier in the year, but really improved over the course of the season. So we're very confident in either one of those guys that we put out at 165. It's just going to we'll let them compete and, and competition's gonna sort it out. Now at one seventy four we lost a senior that we can't replace in Brian Harvey. He was just, you know, a, a stud for us every single day, super consistent, just a guy you can't replace in a year. Um but uh there's a few people we're excited about that want to give it a shot. You know, he's got a younger brother, Ben, who's a freshman on the team now. Um we got Jack Wedholm who's been behind Brian Harvey for two years, who's had a great last couple of seasons. Uh, Wetholm, I'd say, would definitely be the favorite at this point. But there's some guys there that are going to push him, there's no doubt. With Ben Harvey, uh, another freshman, Noah Stewart, um, a, se- a senior there, and Rizzoliti, and, and, and there's a few others there. Um, Ethan Tresini's a guy that's got the, the talent potential to make a starting lineup, so... Uh, we're going to miss Brian Harvey. We've got to find somebody that can step up and replace him. I would say at 184, you know, another returning national qualifier in Samson Imanode, uh really came on fire late last season. Um, was kind of very average throughout the course of the regular season and had a finally at the EIWA tournament showed the guy that we all knew he could be um, and qualified for the national tournament. And, he hasn't slowed down since, so he looks like the same guy now, and we're excited to see him pick up where he left off last season, if not a little bit ahead. He'll be pushed by some guys, there's no doubt. Andrew Grella, uh, a guy who's coming off injury last year who I know is excited to compete, a freshman Chris Morgan, uh, a few others that are at that weight as well. So we'll see how that one shakes out. And uh, 197 looks like it's uh, Rocco Kaywood. Um, you know, he's a guy that, was really very close to being the full-time starter last year. Uh, he got hurt at the Southern Scuffle, and his, so the first round of the Southern Scuffle was his last match of the season, unfortunately for him. So I think he finished the year 17-3 and or something like that with some really good wins. Um, he's back and he's healthy, which is a good thing for us, um, and he looks like the favorite at 197. And at heavyweight, we have two seniors who are going to battle it out and uh, Trevor Smith and, and David Farr. Um, they've been back and forth the last couple of years. So another year of those guys trying to separate one from the other, and, and we're, we're going to coach on both as hard as we can and sit back and let competition sort it out. But I mean, you can tell when I run through those weight classes, there's not one single weight when I say this is the guy. Uh, to be honest with you, that's a good thing for us, and we love it, that finally you know, we can shake up the pecking order a little bit, have some competition. Uh, within the team, uh, it's a good thing for us, and it's going to be exciting for us to see how it plays out. So you're coming off a season in which the team placed fourth at the EIWA Championships and sent five wrestlers to nationals. 
the highest total since 2008. You're entering your third season as head coach. You have to be encouraged about the direction the program is heading. No, absolutely, I am, and 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 more than anything, I'm encouraged about the attitude of the guys on the team, uh, the the shift in the team culture that I see, and you know, I think this is a program that's you know really had strong leadership for a lot of years. It's not just me taking over the last three years and and making changes. Um, it's the result of a lot of hard work from a lot of hard uh, hard working people. Um, but I have noticed a shift in the culture of the program. Uh, I think what used to be considered extra has now become the norm. And um, you know the the competition that we that we look to to have and the guys that we want to wrestle against. Um, you know I think we see ourselves as as belonging um, in that type of competition now. So that's what's exciting. Uh, I think people pick up on that. I think recruits pick up on that. I think the team recognizes it, and and it you know it breeds more of the attitude that we want. So hey, last year's done. You know it was. It was a pretty mm-hmm. strong finish for us, but it's over, and we got a new team this year that's completely different than last year's team. Um, so, you know, we can't live off how we finished last year. What we've got to do is continue to build and grow the culture that we want every day, guys that aren't afraid to compete, that are willing to compete with each other. If we do that, we're going to be happy with where, they're at, with where we're at at the end of this year as well. I'm sure you're aware of these numbers. The last EIWA champion from Army West Point came in 2010. The last All-American was 2008, both being Matt Kyler. I'm sure once you get a wrestler to achieve one of these goals, others will follow right behind him. But at this point, how hard is it trying to get past one of those hurdles? Well, um, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I do know those numbers. Um, You know, we had two in the finals last year at the EIWA tournament. You know, we had two mm-hmm. in the finals. We had two runners-ups. Um, you know, one lost to an All-American and one lost to a guy who was ranked first or second in the country, you know, and then got hurt at the national tournament, which shows you just how hard it is to be an EIWA champion. I mean, you're talking this is the biggest conference in the country, 16 teams, and it's a conference that continually gets better every single year. Um, I don't think as a conference we're anywhere near our potential. Uh, so to win the Easterns, uh, you've got to be really tough to do it. There's no doubt. Um, and you got to wrestle well that that weekend. So, listen, that's a challenge. Um, we're going to have EIWA champions. I don't have a doubt. You know, but I think it's you just got to recognize that it's not easy. And people mm-hmm. at this tournament, these guys can wrestle. So if we're not prepared and, and mentally, if we don't know we can do it and, you know, don't know we belong, then we won't get it done. But... I think it starts with, uh, you know, accepting that challenge, recognizing it, and understanding that, you know, there's, there's got to be a change in the way some individuals think if they want to get that done. And, you know, when that happens, if you can win the Easterns, if you can be in the finals at the Easterns, you got a chance to be an All-American, there's no doubt. So um, we've got guys on our team that can do it. I'm 100% confident that the next All-Americans for this program are in our room right now. So um, it's not something that – I agonize over and, and wonder when it's going to happen. I, I focus on what we've got to do every single day, do the right things, and and um, that's going to be a product of the hard work that we put in. It looks like you have a large group of freshmen, some newly recruited out of high school, others coming from the prep school uh, that have recently entered your program. What have you seen from these guys so far in the preseason? 
Um, well, you're right. So we have 31 freshmen or sophomores on the team right now, I think it is. So we're a young team. Uh, that's that's a lot of teams. That's their entire roster, 31. That's our freshmen mm-hmm. and sophomores. Um, these freshmen specifically uh, are a lot of fun. And not that the other years haven't been, but these guys have a different charisma about them, a little different swagger, and a different motivation than I've seen in the past out of the groups. Uh, these guys are certainly seem more hungry, um, and, and I think they recognize what the challenge is. Uh, they're not just hungry um, to want to wrestle, but they know that they've got to improve, and, and they're hungry to make, make progress and get better every day. That's what I really enjoy. They're a hard-working group. I, I think we have some leaders on the team that haven't wrestled a varsity match yet, meaning that they're freshmen. That's a good thing for us to have, young guys who are willing to step up and be leaders. Um, they're a very good class, so if they can continue to do the right things every day, continue to focus on the right things, they're gonna, all going to have the potential to have very strong careers here. Uh, one of the mainstays in your lineup over the past two seasons has been Russell Parsons, who you mentioned earlier. He spent most of the past two years in the rankings, has placed at big tournaments like Las Vegas and the Scuffle. You know, what does he need to do to break through and get onto the podium this season? Yeah, um, he certainly has. He's he, he's a guy that certainly has belonged in the rankings and, and has a lot of really good wins and not the national tournaments that he's won in the past two years. So, you know, what's it going to take for him to, to get over that, you know, and, and to make a change there, I think, is um, he needs to be more consistent in his training. He, he's he got to develop a little bit more consistency um, in the way he, he competes, which he's really been working hard on. Uh, Russell's got everything that it takes. You know, Russ isn't a guy that has to come into the wrestling room and improve in 10 different areas to be an All-American. Um, he has the skills. Um, he has the, the drive. Um, and he has some just unbelievable God-given talent um, and some gifts uh, that really help him on the mat. So I think for him, it's it's just recognizing just how hard it is to be one of the top eight guys in the country and recognizing that, you know what, it's pretty hard to do that. And you can't do that if you're not consistent in your approach day in and day out. You know, and I think maybe that's 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 probably what's got him considering moving up a weight is maybe he feels like he hasn't been – too big for 57 but maybe he feels like the the constant strain of of thinking about making weight or making weight maybe has gotten in his way so you know i see that as as a sign of someone who's developing and maturing a little bit and and understanding that hey some changes need to be made so uh, whatever those changes are i'm I'm, i've got all the confidence in the world in russ that he's going to figure it out and he's going to make those changes and get it done and another guy that you spoke about earlier I took notice of last year was 197-pounder Rocco Kaywood. He got to see a lot of time early in the season in those opens. Um, he had some good wins. He was behind four-time NCAA qualifier Bryce Barnes and actually beat him at the New York Collegiate Championships. Um, I haven't heard too many people talk about him, but I feel like he could be a guy that's in in for a big year. Do you agree with that? Certainly hope so. Um, you know, I think you're right. There's you know, he probably hasn't earned the right for people to talk about him yet. You know, he had a couple of good wins. And like you said, he beat a four-time national qualifier, you know, on our team and um, was was really on the path to, to being 
you know, probably the full-time starter, and, and an injury stopped his season. Um, but, you know, for him to, to be that guy that people are going to talk about, he's he's got something left to prove. And if you asked him, he'd tell you the same thing. He acts like he has something to prove, which is exciting. Um, he's just a competitor, you know. Um, not the most flashy guy and, and not the most technically sound in every area, but he is a competitor who absolutely hates to lose. So, no, we look at him and, hey, if this is a guy that takes care of himself and, and stays healthy, uh, keeps making progress, there's absolutely no reason he can't compete to win the Easterns and, and he can't compete to be on the podium this year at the national tournament. And believe me, I know who's back and I know how hard that's going to be. So, you know, I, I don't say that lightly. Um, I know it's not a given. I just believe in his ability. And if he can stay healthy and keep making progress, there's no doubt he's the type of guy that can do it. As we're recording this, uh, just yesterday it was announced you had hired a volunteer assistant, another OSU Cowboy, two-time All-American heavyweight Austin Marsden. Yeah. Uh, what was it about Austin that made you uh, want to make him a part of the program? Well, there's a few things. Um, you know, obviously I'm comfortable with his background in the sport. Um, I think with his credentials and his type of career, no matter where he's from, you'd have to be impressed with what the guy's done. You know, he's been on a couple junior world teams, two-time All-American, just a really impressive individual on the map. Uh, of course, coming through the Oklahoma State system, he's familiar with uh, the way I like to do some things. Not that it's exactly the same. It's not. Uh, but he has there's some familiarity there. And, you know, what I was most impressed with Austin when I was talking with him was just, you know, his desire to want to get into coaching. He said, I want to go somewhere where I can coach, where I can make an impact, because I want to be a coach, and that's I want to get a start in my career. He's not interested in just showing up for practice and wrestling with guys. I mean, he's he's in the office next to me right now. He's been watching film for about five hours. You know, I mean, this is a guy that really wants to learn to develop as a coach, and that impressed me a lot. Um, we're glad that we have him. And Dylan Alton, who was in the role last year, is transitioning um, back to competition full-time, and he's training here out of our regional training center at West Point. So um, it, it worked out for everybody. Dylan really wanted to compete. Austin really wanted to get into coaching. So uh, we're, we couldn't be more pleased with the way that worked out. So looking at your schedule, as always, the biggest dual meet of the season is a star meet at home February 19th versus Navy. This will be your third time coaching in the match. As someone who has now been on the winning and losing end of it, explain the significance of the match itself. Well, it's a lot more fun to win than it is to lose. <laughs> I could, <laughs> sure. I can tell you that. Um, no, I, I've told a lot of people this, Earl, and, and I really mean it that, um, you know, even my entire career, you know, we were, I was a part of some great teams in college and some big dual meets and um, was fortunate to be involved in that group. But, Everything that we did and all the matches really pale in comparison to the Army Navy dual meet. Um, it's it's the only way to describe it, uh, how fun it is, is to imagine that um, you know no matter how your season goes, you know from November until the middle of February, you have guaranteed you have the chance to wrestle to wrestle for a national title the third week in February. Um, that's kind of what it's like now for us. You know, don't get me wrong, it's not the national tournament. Um, the national tournament is going to be the third weekend in March, and, and that is the highlight of our season, and that's what we train for every day. 
But it's just that this dual meet means so much to so many people. Um, you would be a fool to try to downplay that and, and pretend that it doesn't. It does. It means a lot to a lot of people. Um, there's a lot of pride between this matchup and a lot of respect between the competitors. Um, but when they shake hands and, and wrestle each other, they both want to win. There's no doubt. So, no, it's a lot of fun. I can tell you that I've never been a part of a wrestling match that's that much fun. If you enjoy competition and you like to lay it on the line and, and you like to compete, there's no better competition in college wrestling. Okay, so we talked about that dual meet. Another big one that I see on your schedule is November 11th. You guys have the defending national champion Penn State Nittany Lions coming in as well. Talk about getting those guys on the schedule. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's um, you know I think it's great for our program and uh, real appreciative of, of their staff for making it work and being willing uh, to come out here and wrestle us in our home gym. You know I think it says a lot about their desire to uh, to grow the sport of wrestling and and um, you know not being afraid to uh, to go help another program out and it certainly will. You know I think for us is there's a lot of excitement around the dual meet in this area. Um, you know, our, the tickets go on sale in a couple of weeks for it, and we expect a, a very large uh, crowd for that match. Um, it worked out, you know, with Brian Pearsall, an assistant coach here, um, you know, is a Penn State alum and national qualifier for them. Dylan Alton, who I mentioned that was our volunteer assistant before, obviously wrestled at Penn State, so we have a little bit of a connection there. Um, mm-hmm. I'm glad it worked out to get them here into Crystal Arena out here at West Point. Um for us, it's going to be important that we're prepared and, and we get ready to wrestle just like we do every dual meet, understanding that we've got an opponent that's going to put a team on the mat that some people say could be one of the best teams in college wrestling. Well, you know, for us, it's going to be about, you know, we're not wrestling the record books and we're not wrestling what people say about a team. we got to step out there and we've got to wrestle an individual and we need to be prepared to do that. Okay, Coach, that's all I have for you. Is there anything else that you would like for people to know about wrestling at Army West Point in 2016-17? Yeah, no, I really appreciate that and appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today. I would just say this, you know, is just, you know, one more chance to just say how special it is to be able to coach at a place like West Point where you can be around young men who are really driven to be excellent at everything they do in their lives. Um, it, it, there could not be a more inspiring place in the country to coach wrestling. So just really fortunate to uh, to be here and work with these guys every day, and we're looking forward to a good season. All right, very well said. Big thanks to Coach Kevin Ward for coming on the Sudden History EIWA Preview Podcast. Thanks, Coach. Yeah, thank you very much. Our next guest on the Sudden History EIWA Preview Podcast is the associate head coach of the Lehigh Mountain Hawks. Let's welcome John Hughes. Well, thanks for having me on. Uh, thank you for coming on, Coach. If you could start with a weight-by-weight breakdown of who could be competing for spots in the Lehigh lineup for 2016-17. Um, you don't need to get into who's beating who if you don't want to, but maybe just who's competing at each weight class. Okay. Uh, we'll start at the, at the lowest weight class with uh, 125. Um, front runner looks like uh, um, former All-American Daring Cruz. Um, he's going to have uh, some uh, guys to contend with that are incoming freshmen in um, Aaron Burkett and um, Joe Lobeck might, might possibly make the cut down to uh, 125. 
133, you know, Parker's moving up uh, from 125 from two years ago. He redshirted last year. He looks to be the uh, the guy there. Um, however, if uh, incoming freshman Luke Karam would make the cut to 133, he would be, uh, you know, contested there as well. With 141, we have uh, two highly talented guys, uh, one returning All-American and Randy Cruz from last year. Um, and Ryan Palmerinka, who redshirted uh, out of New Jersey last year. So uh, we have some other guys in there as well. Um, 49 looks to be um, Lake Gardner, returning uh, fifth-year guy, um, and Cortland Schuyler. Um, Cortland's moving up from uh, 141, but has uh, some pedigree wins with uh, one being over uh, Jimmy Gillibon last year at the, uh, the Southern Scuffle. So, Another highly mm-hmm. contested uh, weight class there. 157. Um, looks like we'll have re- returning in uh, Mitch Minotti, a two-time All-American force. Uh, was out last year with an injury uh, for the NCAs. But um, Jordan Cutler could be also in the mix there. Very uh, talented uh, freshman, redshirt freshman. Um, coming from Blair, but uh, had a uh, pretty good summer. Uh, beat Jojo Smith from Oklahoma State at the uh, at the field of junior trials. So having some success there. Uh, 165 could be either one of those two. Could be Kent Lane, um, redshirt freshman. Could be Cole Walter, redshirt freshman. We got some guys in the mix there as well. Um, 174, I think the, the front runner would be Cole Walter. Um, um, maybe uh, Ryan Price as well, uh, moving up from 165. So all that's to be determined yet. We have some other guys in there as well. As, uh, uh, Gordon Wolf, as, as as you know, beat the uh, 13th seed last year in the opening round at the NCAA tournament uh, from Iowa. Um, so he could be 65, 74 again, um, 84. We're going to be missing uh, Nate Brown for sure. Um, you know, we'll have a uh, most likely incoming freshman there, uh, whether it's uh, Chris Weiler, um, Kyle Gentile, maybe even uh, um, Ben Haas makes a cut to uh, to 184. Um, most likely it'll be a 97-pounder uh, in Ben Haas, but, you know, if he made the cut, he could, he could be a starter at 84 as well. Um we're looking like Ben, maybe at 197. Uh, we also have an incoming freshman in uh, Jake Jacobson from East Stroudsburg. Could make things interesting there as well. Um, heavyweight, we have a, a trio of guys. Um, Doug Valero, um, who split matches with um, Max Wessel last year. Max was a uh, All-American force um, at heavyweight. But uh, Doug, Doug is... Fifth-year guy, he's earned the right um, to start, but he's going to be contested by um, Christian Colucci and uh, Jordan Wood, incoming freshman. Jordan just got back from uh, France from the World Championships from the Junior Worlds, so got uh, got some interesting weight classes, uh, you know, to to figure out here over the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. So you have a good mix of experience with three returning All-Americans and I think eight past NCAA qualifiers to go along with a top 10 recruiting class. And before that, a very good group that uh, 
deferred eligibility as freshmen last year. So, you know, the question is, what are the expectations for this year's team? Uh, expectations are always to win. I mean, a national championship is, is what we're what we're set on. Um, getting closer each year, building um, a nice team. A couple guys I left out is uh, Drew Longo and Ian Brown, both uh, Southern Scuffle place winners last year at the 65, 57-165 pound weight class too. So we have some depth in the middle there. Um, but the expectations are to win. Um, you know, we have a very very competitive schedule this year. Um, that'll prepare our guys for the uh, EIWAs and uh, want to dethrone Cornell, obviously in, in the Big Red. Um, mm-hmm. You're gonna have some help with, uh, you know, Princeton's got a nice team this year. Navy's got a real nice team. Um, Penn's kind of making a resurgence. Um, so Bucknell is always in the mix. You know, we have a, a lot of talented teams to uh, to help us in that in that cause. So. Do you have a wrestler or two that you feel is on the verge of a breakout campaign in 2016-17? For for instance, last year, uh, Gordon Wolf qualified for nationals at 174, which was a deep weight in the EIWA. And truthfully, I wasn't very familiar with him heading into the season. Uh, will anyone make themselves known to fans nationally who's kind of currently under the radar? Uh, you know, Darren Cruz kind of fell off last year, if, you know, being in a round of 12 and didn't place, you know, so that one kind of stung. Um, so he's, he's hungry this year again and, and making some changes, you know, in his training and, and his focus. Um, so look for him to have a great year. Uh, Parker, you know, is quietly working. Um, he could have a, a signature year for us as well. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys up and down through the lineup. They're just – on the verge to break it through, they need some signature wins to just gain that confidence um, to propel them for uh, for greatness. You know, become an All-American or even national champion. Now, I wouldn't count out Randy Randy Cruz. I mean, that guy, he's tough on top. He's getting a lot better on his feet. You know, his his eye is on the prize too. You know, he's he's the guy that's working all summer and, and doing the right things. Um, so Jordan Cutler, you know, nobody really knows of. He's kind of been in this in the background a little bit and having some stuff on the freestyle team, but um, you know, he could he could make some noise as well. Um, there's there's a lot of guys in that in that category for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned earlier this year's incoming freshmen are part of a top ten recruiting class. What are your early impressions on this group? Well, I like this group. I mean, they're the, these kids are. Uh, academically sound we don't have to worry about them you know in the classroom or you know um becoming ineligible um so i like that we're not putting out any fires there um but these kids are hard workers i mean they come in they're they're uh focused and very coachable you know these some of these kids you know have three four you know been three or four time place winners state champions in pennsylvania jersey wherever and uh you know, sometimes they come in and chip on their shoulders saying, no, that's not for me, but thanks, Coach. I'm not going to use that. But these kids are wide-eyed wide eyed, and, and ready to learn, which is, which is nice. And something you had mentioned a little bit, talk about the depth created in this Lehigh wrestling room. You know, there seems to be only a couple weights where you have a huge favorite in place to win a starting spot. You know, most of these weights you're having two, even three really capable starters fighting it out for that one spot. 
you know, I, th- I think that's a lot to do with, uh, you know, Title IX and, and you know, some of the um, administrators dropping wrestling programs from around the country. Um, there's only, you know, a handful of schools left, um, you know, so these kids have got to go somewhere. They want to go to good schools with good education. So, um, you know, the Ivy Leagues and, and uh, you know, Northwestern, the Lehigh's, they – these type of schools have that for these kids. And so not everybody can go to Penn state. Not everybody goes to the big 10, you know, so these kids are uh, finding success in the IWA. And one of your three all Americans returning is uh, 157 pounder, Mitch Minotti, who got on the podium in each of his first two seasons uh, last year. And even in his freshman and sophomore seasons, he battled a variety of injuries you know, give us an idea of what he has fought through in the past and where he is, you know, right now on the verge of his senior season. You know, Mitch is Mitch is a competitor. Um, he does all the right things. What's ever asked of him, Mitch does. You know, academically and socially and athletically. You know, it, you know, you come in with these uh, grand expectations. You want to be a four-time All-American, four-time national champion. You know, but injuries do happen, and Mitch has battled through. You know quite a few of them over the years where, you know, whether it's a poked eye or, you know, just the little things he get in practice, but, you know, some surgeries. And, and so he's, he's the type of kid that your program's built around. You want tough, gritty kids. He's one of those kids and, you know, he'll fight through all that stuff. Um, but more importantly, Mitch has already got his degree. You know, he graduated. He's um, going in his fourth, fifth year here. He's going to get a master's, um, which is important to set him, set himself up for the rest of his life. And you had mentioned the two other All-Americans returning of the Cruz brothers, Darian and Randy. Um, from watching them wrestle, they seem like they, they have to, two totally different styles and body types. You know, talk about those guys, and then you would know as much as anyone else about being able to compete and have success alongside a brother. Yeah, um, those those guys feed off each other, absolutely. Um the really tight knit uh, brotherhood, um, obviously sibling rivalry, you know, which adds to the competition, fuels it. And these guys, you know, if one guy goes out there and gets a major, the next Randy wants to go out and get a tech. You know, if, if Randy gets a te- or tech, then you know Darren wants to get a fall. You know, so they play off each other, but it also, you know, the rest of the team feeds on it as well. Um, really tight knit group here. You know, a lot of programs talk about family, but we we really try and recruit family members um, because blood's blood's a little thicker than water. And you had kind of touched on your schedule. Uh, just looking at it, it's uh, really solid as a group of uh, the EIWA teams that you kind of normally face. And then you have your out-of-conference opponents like uh, Penn State, Virginia Tech, and Michigan, which are all top ten teams. Then some in-state rivals, Edinburgh and Pittsburgh, you know, it's pretty pretty tough schedule. Yeah, Coach Santoro he does a really nice job of uh, getting to these getting to these programs early, trying to figure out what's going to work. You know, the 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 downfall though at all is the Big Ten schedule doesn't come out until you know late late April, and so you're trying to schedule Penn State, and uh, you know it's horrible kind of at their whim to when they can schedule. And so it's a little frustrating that way, waiting for the big 10, but I know they, when I coached there, they had a three-year schedule, you know, in advance. So they kind of know where it's at and, and 
what direction they want to head. So whether it's first semester, second semester, that Penn State, Pitt, and Edinburgh, those guys are staples. You know, they their programs are solid year in and year out, and we want to continue to uh, have those inter interstate rivalries, and then also you know going outside of uh, around the country, you know wrestling. The Minnesotas and the Virginia Techs, et cetera, uh, Cornells, um, you know, Nebraska's. Um, so we would have uh, a competitive schedule for our guys to, uh, you know, know that they were well-tested throughout the season. Whether they went undefeated or not, that's not the goal. The, the goal is to be undefeated in, uh, in March, in three days in March. So. And another schedule-related note, uh, the national duels this year are going to feature two bids going to EIWA teams, an Ivy League team and a non-Ivy team. Last year you guys were able to make the event anyways, but it seems like this could work in your favor as well. Yeah, we, you know, we're with um, a schedule where we've had that weekend open just to just for that purpose. Um, and we've talked to our administrators and, and our facilities reps that, uh, you know, if we could, we'd love to do that. Um, and obviously host a, you know, a dual meet here to get the home, home crowd advantage. Okay, well, Coach, that's all I have. Is there anything else that we need to look for from Lehigh Wrestling in 2016-2017? Uh, you know, fans are trying to get an you know, early start to the season. October Sunday, October second. Uh, who's number one is uh, going to be right here in Grace Hall. So if they want to get an early peek at some of the top um, recruits around the country, so it'll be right here in uh, Grace Hall at 5 p.m. on uh, October second. Okay. All right. Big thanks to John Hughes for joining us on the Sudden History EIWA Preview Podcast. Thank you, Earl. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. So that was part one of the EIWA podcast. What did you think about that? I probably undersold the other part of the conference preview last week, the writ material. I have a link on the front of the D1CollegeWrestling.net website for you to find the ACC rankings, wrestlers to watch, and dual schedules. And the same has been done for the EIWA. Make sure to check that out as well. While we're in the things you need to check out portion of the show, as always, check in with Matt Talk Online. A whole bunch of podcasts have been released within the past week or so. Kevin Dresser on the Virginia Tech podcast, short time shows with the Super 32 crew, and a favorite of mine was the Canadian Olympic champion, Erica Weeb. Well, that's all I have time for this week. Remember, next week, part two of the EIWA preview featuring the Ivy League schools. Until then. How the hell do I get off this stage? <laughs> <laughs>